Hey guys, welcome back to Dev Dive episode 11. This week on the show, we have Riot Ranger, our first guest ever, making an excellent appearance once again back on the show almost two years later now. It's been quite a long time since we had him on the show. Welcome back, Alex. Well, thank you for having me. I did not know. Was I really in the first one? Now you I feel the, bad. You were the first. You were oh on the. My God. It was a very weird episode. For those of you who haven't seen or watched that episode it was um our first episode so it really wasn't a podcast at that situation it was basically just a four-hour stream where we talked to chat about just like anything chat wanted to talk about so we had questions about like why isn't vigor nerfed or stuff like that and i still have it i have it on youtube and and all the podcast hosts and i i constantly am tempted to be like oops (laughs) delete (laughs) because it just isn't a great show not because you weren't a good guest but it just 100% get it. it wasn't a good podcast just because we're learning we're growing mm-hmm. all right show me what what 10 learnings makes it <laughs> 10 episodes later we have talking points now <laughs> so best document i've ever seen last time i think you were on the show i think we talked about um was it the cyan rework it was it was either the cyan rework or uh, the ergot rework it was something like that it was something that you were involved in in some respect. It had to be Ergot. Yeah. Um, so what is what have you been doing since then? Since two years ago now? So after Ergot Crap, I did I really Akali Ezreal and then worked on Mordekaiser. And then during Mordekaiser I left Champion Update to make TFT. Oh okay. Okay, so wait, wait. So before we TFT. actually before we get into all of that. Let's yeah. just reiterate what your role at Riot was and is right now. Uh, so I was the lead for quality for champion updates. So any uh, the ones I didn't do are Cyan and Poppy. And then everything else I've worked on, touched, looked at. Um, then I got more involved towards the end. And then I fell in love with Dota Auto Chess and wanted to make a good one. <laughs> so... <laughs> We can talk about um, Dota Auto Chess in a little bit. I have a lot of things to say about that. Yeah, shoot, man, shoot. Um, <laughs> but like, it became a problem. Uh, so like, I was playing it so much, I was like, either I'm going to end up getting fired because of Dota Auto Chess, or I need to make a similar chess game. So, so, so were, were you one of the like the driving forces that sort of like started Riot on the path to make TFT? Yeah, it was certainly T and myself. We have a really good relationship uh he's an he's an abrasive person i don't know if, do, do you know certainly t's work uh yes i i'm aware of the champion yeah. designer <laughs> so that's just him as a person like just take all those champions and that's what he is right um so that's kind of what i went into um yeah no it was great it was fun that's awesome it, it's and i think tft has been such a massive success i think and it's it's great because you don't see a lot of the people who are like are hardcore League of Legends fans. They're not always like, oh man, I love League of Legends and I love TFT. But you see a lot more of people who weren't really into League of Legends getting into the TFT sphere. I have a lot of my friends who sort of dropped off of the League uh, scene after Season 8 or so. They just didn't keep up with it anymore. It's too much work, blah, 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 anything like that. But they come back for TFT because it's a more relaxing experience. It's something that you you don't have to like spend eight hours a day to be good at. Um, and a lot of them are actually yeah. really good at TFT. They're diamond or so, or even higher, which was 
super surprising to me because I'm garbage at the game. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, it's, it's, it's a completely different uh, skill set, mindset. Um, I'm not very good at TFT. Uh, so I get... I get greedy. I want to reroll. I want to go for really crazy strategies. Um, I'm just like I'm gonna do this, this, and this, and it's just like, yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Um, yeah, I got caught in the in the auto chest trap for a long time of greeting for 50 gold and just staying above 50 gold no matter what. Um, yeah. And then there were certain metas for TFT where that just didn't work. And I think right now we're in sort of a meta where it's not great, but you can kind of pull it off depending on what you do. Like, and I say this completely not knowing anything about like high level no, TFT right now. <laughs> you're hundred percent right there. There's those strategies where you try to get the three star poppy uh, pretty early. You can go predator, not predators, protectors, um, all that kind of stuff. Um, so yeah, there's, there's, and we, we wanted to make that opening because a lot of the other auto battlers, it's save up to 50 gold. get really expensive units <laughs> there you go yeah get your um, get your gods combo get your man yeah, i have to admit i don't think any of the auto battlers really took off like even the auto chest like the the one that drodo studios made i know that underlords has like sort of a cult following right now um yeah. but i don't think they're they're really in a position like they used to be which is surprising considering that they had like a head start on on tft and stuff uh, yeah there's there's a couple of things that are that stick out to me um but it it comes down with ease of access and like clarity um dota auto chess with underlords underlords is to me overwhelming when i look in, into it and it's just like that ugly blah. <laughs> uh and sorry i don't mean ugly as in like not polished it's Dota world, right? Like Dota always looks, I don't want to say dirty, but it's that like aesthetic yeah, where it's just yeah. not as openly accepting of everyone. Um, they have an art so. style for sure. And it definitely, yeah. I, I'm on the same page as you. It definitely doesn't appeal to me as much as like the league does, but that's also like something to do with me just playing league for 10 years now or something. So it's a lot, probably a lot easier for me to come in and, and look at league characters, even if they're in different skins and be familiar with those. Than yeah. coming in and looking at uh, Tidehunter or Kael'thas or whatever is in. Well, I played I played Dota for eleven years. Oh, wow. Dota was the first online video game I played, and I played it religiously. Um, and even like when League first came out, I was like, Dota's so much better than League. Look at all these developers; they're working like skins. How would you work on your game not being shit? Right? <laughs> well, um, you sound like right. You sound like Reddit right now. <laughs> yeah. Well, because because that's what you think right and then like i think to myself well this design like certainly t man you know he fucked up with this or with this or this can i use whatever language i want to use because i yeah, am not ahead. the most it, it's All this right, is cool. entirely on you there's no ratings for this show this is however bad you want to get go get as bad <laughs> as you go. can um I, I think i had a video because i used to make youtube videos like that and stream and there's one where i like literally dug into a, a designer like how he would let this happen and then if you watch like the Irelia video or whatever, it's a team of 20 people. Like a designer is just a corner piece to everything else. So it's a different perspective, but yeah, companies are the same way. There are teams that work on design, teams that work on balance and teams that work on skins. 
skins don't affect design. So just because they made a skin doesn't mean no one's working on balance. Yeah, there was a um, great um, analogy for that that Cactopus uh, Ryan Wrigley put out on Twitter. Um, for those familiar with, with the Age of Empires series, he said, people really think developers are like villagers where the more you put on one project, they'll just build it faster. <laughs> I can't take an, an artist and put them on game design and make them build the wonder faster. Um, and yeah. I thought that was really funny because I'm a I'm a big Age of Empires dork. Um, Age of Empires is actually uh, they released definitive edition uh, this year, I think this year or end of last year, and it's fantastic. It's everything you want out of a remaster. So if you like Age of Empires two, check out AOE two definitive edition. It's like fifteen dollars, twenty dollars. Super good fun. Runs great. Nice. Looks good. Um, that was a great game. Remember the taunts. Yes, um, yes. I know I know a lot of them. You played two hours to die like this? <laughs> you played two hours to die like this? Woolaloo. Yeah, sure. that was what, 30? Was yeah. that 30 was Woolaloo? I think 30 was uh, There's 11 is the one that everyone uses. 11 is like the really funny laugh. I'm not going to try to imitate it. <laughs> it's no, like, no, by, by all means. <laughs> or something like yeah. that. The, the nice um, bass, I'll take it. it nice yeah, bass. Those are, those I'll are take great. It. Yeah, they're so... That's, that's, it really goes to show like how iconic... Um, a video game can be in like people's lives because for people who haven't played Edge of Empires in ten twenty years, they probably still remember some of those taunts just in their brain. And uh, I have this uh, with Hearthstone too. I don't play a ton of Hearthstone anymore, but I can still remember some of like the entrance quotes to cards from like five six years ago when the when they first came out. And <laughs> I think Overwatch is the best example oh, of that. Yeah, yeah, of these iconic simple lines and 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 riot took a lot from overwatch in these we thought we'd had to have a thousand voice lines for you to feel like you're connected to a character but i think what's his name um who's the gun shooting person in overwatch uh well i mean a lot of them shoot guns <laughs> reaper he's he's no, the no, guy i'm sorry, I'm sorry. The, the cowboy oh oh um uh uh i know exactly what you're talking Graves. about McCree? No, McCree. McCree, McCree, yeah. Six shooter yeah, gun. Okay. Hey, uh, McCree, um, it's high noon. That's his only line. I'm <laughs> I'm I'm very certain that's the only thing he says. And then Hanzo says something I don't understand in English. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's like literally it. Um but th- that like really tells you who like how people connect to it in those moments and all that kind of stuff. So um, Yeah. Yeah, he it's it's sort of like um how smells work and they trigger memories like they there's there's a lot of scientific evidence out there and this is a tangent but um no, you're good to prove that, smells now <laughs> to prove that smells have like such a direct link to memories that smelling a certain thing will will trigger like memories from years ago that you may have forgotten about and and people can associate smells much more directly than visuals or auditory things but I think um, yeah. I think there's something to do with hearing and remembering that you can obviously tell uh, just because of how much we remember all these stupid quotes from games we haven't played for a long time. Great quotes. Um, <laughs> did you did you ever see the smell card? No, you'll have to so, I- explain. Okay, Need for Speed Two comes out, massive game, super. It's on PC. It's great. And the developers decided that they want to start working on a smell card that you would plug into your computer, <laughs> that you could smell burning rubber, you could smell like 
motor oil and all this stuff for cars. Um, really smart idea. I started talking about it at Riot, and one of one of the producers is like, "My dad worked on that," and I was like, "That's so cool." And he's like, "No, it never went anywhere." How would that even work? Can you Dude, produce? Can you produce like a smell reliably? Yeah, of course you could. There's like some you'd have a cartridge that would have like a certain amount oh. that most smells are made out of. It's like an air wick. Yeah, <laughs> they're just poof. That's awful. Who would yeah, buy yeah. that? <laughs> um, I mean, that's probably what they ran into. That's and amazing. Also, I love it. If you only use the burn rubber, let's say it burns out, then you have this card that's going to produce another smell that's not the one you want, and you'd have to replace it, take it out, or just smell shit for a while. <laughs> Also, maybe so. maybe it's not such a good idea to have something that smells like something burning inside your house while you're playing video games. Do, okay, so I think the worst mistake I made at Riot was when we reworked Corky. Um, so I was in the military, and I know what an air, air siren sounds like, an air raid siren. <laughs> and when we made Corky, when he picked up his package, the sound designer literally copies that sound. And he plays it for me. And he's like, does this sound right? And I was like, oh, yeah, that sounds just like bombing attacks. And he's like, yeah. And he puts it in the game. And so Corky's out for like a week. And I read a post on Reddit. And this guy is from Israel. Oh, he's no. like, I'm trying to play the game. But anytime someone's playing Corky and picks up a package, I don't know if I'm going to die <laughs> and need to run downstairs into my bomb shelter or keep playing League of Legends. And I was like, oh, I fucked up so oh, bad. That's so scary. Did they yeah. wait? Did they change it? it? It's does it sound different now? I know that it. Yeah, there's still like a different. horn. Yeah, yeah, but it's not the same. It's not the it's not uh, the air raid horn. It's not the I'm gonna get yeah. bombed horn. Yes. Wow. And it's just terrifying. one of those things. That you gotta think. Uh, <laughs> we're very lucky in America. We don't have bomb sirens because Canada and Mexico like us. Um, <laughs> For now. <laughs> enough, enough. Enough to not bomb us. Enough. Or they're scared uh, of us. <laughs> Um, yeah, pick a chance. <laughs> doesn't matter. <laughs> um, so yeah, yeah. That's I didn't ever even thought about that. That's that's something that you you can't really like just sit down in a room and think of every scenario that could go wrong with something like that. But that's like that's what is so useful about being able to have such large feedback groups. And there's so many downsides to having like a large feedback group yelling at you all the time. But there's also like that upside where you can make a change and reverse a mistake that that you made relatively quickly. I imagine. Um, yeah, I think that's the, the hardest thing about design is feedback, because if you get if you listen to too much feedback, it waters it down, and you just have this bleh um, left over. And if you don't listen to enough feedback, you get these really sharp spikes that people connect to. Yeah, like I guess cult following is probably the best thing. It just it follows this only. And only this type of person likes that. And some of the time that's sometimes that's good. Yeah. Um, like Yorick, we don't expect him to be broadly loved. It wasn't meant to be. The people that we brought in were Yorick mains. We want Yorick players to like it. But a champion like uh who's who's a wide loved one? Ari. It's <laughs> gonna Lux. have to be more every yeah, Lux. No one has kind of a problem with it other than she has an annoying laugh, but okay. Same. So when they rework Lux, they're going to keep the laugh and ditch everything else. If we reworked Lux, that would be interesting. That would be interesting. <laughs> All of her spells would be laugh-based. You'd have a, instead cool. of mana, you'd have a resource bar, and it's called laughing. 
And when you fill up your, your research bar, you can alt, and it's just a giant sonic laugh that clears the entire summoner ship. As long as the whole uh, game hears the laugh. I'm mm-hmm. cool, I'm bobbing. Yeah. yeah. And actually, they'll have a feature where it echoes so loudly that it goes into other people's games. And, and no matter where you are in the world, you'll hear Lux's laugh every time she ults in any game, no matter where they are. I don't see how this can like be a bad idea. Yeah. Um, so tomorrow I'll come into Riot and I'll start my job there as a game designer. Tired. <laughs> I actually concept. can't come into the office. because. Oh, yeah. Home. Shoot. <laughs> you can stay right there. I can stay right at my, at my lovely computer station, my lovely no. home office. Man, that was a tangent. Um, that was a long tangent. I think we were talking about your role at Riot. So to quickly summarize, you worked a lot on QA for champion updates, and then you switched over to working on TFT. And are you still working on TFT now? Yeah, I am, I guess, doing the same. We have new titles, man. I'm like a, I'm a quality engineer, too, I think, Ooh. is my job description uh, title. But basically, I am just lead of uh, quality for all TFT related things. So your day to day is you sit down and you look at a lot of like TFT bugs and you're like, how do I, how do I fix this? No, that's actually the shortest part of my job. Mm. Uh, I, I have a, a team that does that, that does all the bugs. Uh, I'm more of like, um, how is this going to translate? How does this look? Does this hit quality bar? Is this how we move forward with this product? Is this how we transcend into the next great thing? Um, and keeping things running smoothly. Uh, I take away a lot of obstacles out of designers' ways, engineers, artists, uh, producers. Um, yeah, that kind of stuff. Bugs are a very small job at Riot for QA. That's awesome. Um, I, I, I've I never really been... I got offered a position... Not offered. They asked At my job, they asked me if I wanted to help um, QA out while we're all like sort of down since... since um, my work schedule has been a little relaxed since quarantine. And I was just like, man, QA, that sounds hard. <laughs> I'm not sure if I want to take that on my plate right now. Um, but I might, uh, I might get into it. it. It is hard. It's attention to detail. You have to be annoyed. I think one of the biggest complaints I get from my QA to actually test the game is when they find a bug they don't like and I say we're not going to fix it. Mm. That is like an instant fight. Because they have this attach of like that looks bad. I notice it. It feels bad, and you don't care. The decision like, to I've... not fix it probably revolves around it would just take too many time and resources to, to for the return. Yeah, there can be there can be a lot of reasons a bug doesn't get fixed. Um, it it can be that it can be that something's going to change in the next three months, so it's not worth fixing it now. In three months, it's going to be different. Um, it can be. Uh, that players probably won't notice it. Clipping bugs. Um, clipping is like a big thing in video games. Like, oh, how dare like some, I put this armor on, now it clips. I doubt that's going to make you stop playing the game. Yeah. It, it sounds really crappy, and I wish no clipping existed. I think I think app. that you're correct in the fact that most people who are playing League and TFT probably don't care that much. <laughs> right. Um, but, and also like... Uh, it, it can draw back to like you know if a designer is working on making the next big thing, and you have them fixing bugs always, they won't make a next big thing. Yeah, I can so see that. That that that's also my job, like deciding 
where you put resources and that can i get frustrated too i've snapped it sometimes and be like oh we're just not fixing shit anymore i guess and, <laughs> uh and then you know producer has to be like hey we care we just don't have time and i'm like i hear you i'm just i'm sulking and i'm mad um so Ooh. oh boy yeah yeah it sounds like it's in the perfect world you could just sit on a, a product for 10 years and polish it forever and, and be like blizzard or, or valve but it's just it's hard it's Eventually hard people got to see it yeah um, and if you if you get to the point where it's polished before people see it, it's probably going to be bad. Um, you need constant feedback. Mm-hmm. The first time polishing. someone looks at your game, yeah, the first time someone looks at your game, you should be embarrassed <laughs> or look at your design because it, it can't be that far along, or you could have gone down the wrong rabbit hole. Um, That's really interesting. So, how early, if you can say, how early do you bring in people? into projects like outsiders to look at stuff it's probably about halfway through wow um, <clears throat> and and so if a champion takes nine months after five months on the six month you're probably bringing someone in that's a little bit further than half um but that's already gone through like after three weeks w- weeks of working on something someone should be taking a look at it um and then you bring in people that are in your company, in your circles, to, and you just keep going wider and wider and wider. Um, but things need to be somewhat polished for players to see. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, and I think that's, that's something where the PBE gets a lot of negative feedback, where stuff goes to the PBE, and people will be like, oh, we gave all this feedback, but they didn't make any changes. The PBE seems like it's like the very last line of defense for a project at Riot. Like, unless it's going to be game-breaking, like, absolutely, this is taking down this project, it doesn't seem like it, it can be... Um, it's, like, not the feedback form that, that people think it is, right? Yeah, no, 100%. Uh, I don't know how skins work, so we're, we're going to take skins away from the mm-hmm. PvE equation. I know how game design works. Um, we want mass games played. The reason why during the another quirky bug or quirky thing is um, on PVE the first day, there were 12 server crashes, which means the game crashes for everyone and the game just ends. And we had no idea why. And we found out that if Graves has a smoke screen down and quirky queues into the smoke screen, the game crashes. And we had never seen that in the 500 games we had played internally because it was so rare. <laughs> um there was another server crash that lived um, on live for like four or five months where it would happen 12 times a day, which this sounds like a lot, but it's so yeah. small. Yeah. Um, and we can figure it out, but it was when you had a ZZ rot portal down nocturne uses ultimate where you lost vision of ZZ rot portal. It created a minion in that time that minion last hit and killed the tower. If that happened, the game did not know how to give information to the Nocturne player once the ultimate ended and the game just crashed. You're giving some poor QA engineer somewhere like horrible PTSD. Yeah. <laughs> they're just they're just they're like, oh yeah. god, not again. And that's why yeah, Zuzira it... is not in the game anymore. <laughs> oh, that thing costs so many problems. <laughs> um oh shoot, what was I gonna say? I was gonna say something about oh yeah, a long, long time ago, and I don't even the recognition recollection of my my memories is like so terrible for this this might have been 
seven or eight years ago now, there was this excellent bug with Tryndamere and Xerath where if Xerath was queuing down the lane and Tryndamere was spinning up the, the Xerath queue, he would get like 20 CS because at this yeah. time, Xerath queue, as I understand it, was coded as minions, as many things in the game back then were. Um, what if I told you everything is a minion? Yeah, and I think, is that still the case? I know that back in the yeah, day that was true. Everything has to be an object. And so the easiest object to make is just object zero. And you're supposed to click a bunch of boxes that say, don't interact with spells, doesn't interact with collision, doesn't do all this stuff. That's a simple check that someone missed. Um, and it's easy to miss. Um, but yeah, I, I, when people say like spaghetti code, it's, it's, it's wrong um, most of the time. Because like, you understand how game design works. Things have to be something. You can't have, like a VFX isn't just create a blue line that goes forward. How long does the line go? How many sections do you have of it? When you make a section, what dictates a section? And it's all these things that like, they're actually objects. Every, everything is just coded in. Um, so, so an ongoing, yeah. uh, it, it could be a joke, but an ongoing reference that League makes uh, when they're doing certain like measurements is they say like, this is, 10 Timos long or like 10 things. Yeah. Is that an actual unit of measurement that you use or is that kind of just a joke within the, the dev team? It, it's how we translate to players how it is, um, but we do have our own little like units of measurement um, <laughs> that we'll use, but usually an auto attack range. So this is a melee auto attack range. This is a um, vein auto attack range and all that kind of stuff because we, we've been in the game long enough we know the, the differences uh tft is nice it's one hex two hex three hex mm-hmm. um but yeah no it's it's a thing it's, it's a thing. super confusing um i think with working with senna um when senna was being developed i was one of the people that was brought on to play her uh, she fits my play style in league of legends and it was oh don't pick Caitlyn in a game against Senna because it's unfair to Senna early game because she's supposed to be the most ranged champion, but she's not if Caitlyn's in the game. And you're like, that makes no sense. But when you're getting playtests and feedback, if someone just shuts down your unique thing, yeah, it, it warps the playtest. Um, and that can so. that can really spiral. Um, just getting into human psychology for a second, that can like spiral into consequences that you don't really understand because if, if you're playing against somebody and they're playing Caitlyn and they just absolutely destroy Senna in a playtest early, like nine other people in that game, or even the person playing Senna, like they're like, Oh man, this champion's garbage. Why would anyone, they, they need to buff this. And then they go into yep. other games like that, other playtests where they're like, man, what should I do with Senna? Oh, pick Caitlyn. She's just going to kill her every time. <laughs> um, yeah. 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 That's, that's um, interesting. It, let me, let me, I'm going to, I'm not giving any secrets, but I'm going to pitch you an idea. Okay. You have to understand that there's bosses that sign off on things, right? And they're going to have to sign off on playing something and saying this is good for development. If I'm making a champion for you, Nighthawk, you're my boss. Mm -hmm. And I'm making the best stealth assassin in mid lane. And you pick Talon every game to beat me or my opponents do. Talon's going to delete most people in mid lane. It just happens. Um... They can't pick talent if you're playing it, because I assume that you're not very good at the game because you don't play a lot. And so we have to like very carefully set up, I guess, I don't, 
you have to set up a, like a whole science experiment so that we cater to you without catering too much to you. Mm-hmm. We don't want you just to blast people and be like, oh, it's so much fun because I killed everyone. At the same time, we don't want you to be like, I had no fun because I just got blasted. Is and that it's really? Is that um, the way you describe it? Is that like they know what's happening, but they don't really know that it's happening? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you ask them, they're like, "Oh, of course that happens." But if you like, how bad? They're like, "Oh, not, not a lot. It's like a one percent." <laughs> so you're you're sitting there with the other people, and you have like eight people, and you're like, "Okay, how do we make this the best experience for Nighthawk coming in, so he doesn't yeah. just <laughs> shut down the champion?" <laughs> Yo. So you all just you all just pick supports and you int into them and they get thirty kills. <laughs> yeah, no, it's there. There's some things that have almost been shut down because someone had a very bad experience and they it it wasn't a true experience, right? The if, if someone just played one game a league and they had to base their opinion off of league on that, you're gonna have those games where it was a five minute stop, right? They invaded red, yeah. they killed four members of your team. It's a four and zero fizz. And you just died every time. At 15 minutes, everyone's forfeited. You accidentally hit the yes button. The game's over. Why would you ever play League again? And so, yeah, it's it's very important to set up a very structured thing so someone gets a accurate representation of something. And that's something that, that you probably only figure out after, like, running into that situation, running into that problem. You can't, and this is sort of going back to the, the, the air raid siren with Corky. You can't just sit down in a room and think of every single problem that's going to go wrong with with developing this game. Um, you have to yeah. learn from your mistakes. Like you can sit there for a hundred years with a thousand people, and then you're not going to be able to think of every single ex, uh, extenuating circumstance. Um, yeah, and I like that. I like that it's still you're still able to learn from mistakes instead of trying not to make them in the first place. Instead of not making them in the first place obviously you never want to make a mistake intentionally but sometimes they happen <laughs> yeah so i mean so the the game we have what 140 champions now in league of legends um okay so if you give twisted fate five movement speed and increases his win rate by two percent you can't tell five movement speed no if any human tells me they can see five move speed plus or minus i'm just they're a liar, and I don't want to have the conversation with them anymore. Um, that's a 2% win because you get that yellow card at that range that you weren't able to afford. Okay, so now we buff Twisted Fate by 2%. What does 2% mean? He doesn't beat Fizz 2% more. No, he beats other champions more. So now Syndra's win rate goes down because of that yellow card hitting her earlier before she can do her combo and he can run away. And so Syndra's now picked less because Twisted Fate has picked more and is winning. And so the counters that like Syndra used to delete Zoe and Oriana, she's not getting picked as much. Oriana and Zoe's win rate go up. And this is it's this huge ass puzzle that's just when when someone read it, it's like, oh yeah, this is how you just easily nerf this one champion and everything's good in top lane. You're like, this I wish. I it's, wish it is it's like the theory of, of branching universes, every decision that gets made, like the butterfly not the butterfly effect, but that situation where any decision that gets made will branch infinitely into infinite realities. And you can really see that um, in a game like League, like you said, where where changing one little thing, like giving Twisted Fate five movement speed, can affect so many other things than just Twisted Fate. It can affect the win rates of Zoe, it can affect the win rates of Fizz, blah, 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 blah. 
Um, and I had this argument with a friend, um, actually, ironically, on the road trip from North Carolina to California when I moved out here. Um, we had a Wait, lot of time to that... talk. I moved from Georgia to LA. <laughs> Wasn't that a fun died. trip? Well, I drove through oh, Atlanta. <laughs> Went on it's my way down. It was the it was worst great. ever, dude. You spent on the what the ten for like uh, two days. I took I took, yeah, we took the ten down to Mississippi, and then we drove through Louisiana, um, San Antonio, Texas. Uh, we were gonna hit White Sands, but we didn't have time. And then no, no, we did we did go to White Sands. Never mind. We we didn't have time for something else. Doesn't matter. Um, Nevada, Arizona, California, New Mexico. Yeah, that's the line we went. We didn't go the perfect line because we wanted to visit uh, the Petrite Forest, the Meteor Crater, all the stupid tourist oh, cool. stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we had a lot of time to talk. And, and getting back to the talking point, um, we had this discussion whether or not it was harder for an AI like uh, Google Alpha Brain to learn how to play a game like League of Legends or to learn how to play a game like StarCraft, like an RTS. Um, and my, my argument was that a game like League is infinitely harder for an AI to learn than a game like StarCraft. Because in StarCraft, APM is king. Controlling hundreds of different units around the map simultaneously will just overwhelmingly destroy an opponent in almost every situation just because micro is so important. Where in a game like League, micro can get you really far, but game mechanics, macro, um, build paths, all sorts of stuff like that, that, that has a lot more of an effect on the game than I think just having perfect micro in every situation. No, uh, I hundred percent agree with you. Um, I played Starcraft a lot. Um, <laughs> I hit masters. I never teetered high enough because Terran was bullshit broken. Um, Fuck Terran. But yeah, for life. Right? <laughs> did you did you ever see the robots or the AI that would use stalkers and hit with perfect macro or yeah. micro? Sorry. Yeah. You just build stalkers. They have blink. You well, can't there move. Was... There was a thing where um, they're still doing it where they have to limit the APM of the thing to make the matches like actually learning experiences for the AI um, because the AI was doing like 8,000 APM with stalkers and stuff and they were just completely obliterating people with no chance for them to like even put up a fight. So they had to artificially limit it to like 500 APM or whatever, depending on what league it's in because they have hundreds yeah. of instances of this bot spin up and spinning up and playing different games um but so like i would be interested are they playing it perfectly um the robots well that's play that's the question um yeah. so they actually have like bots playing at you have to opt into the queue like you're queuing you're opting into a queue that you have a chance to play against google alpha brain or whatever it's called okay. um and they have different instances of this bot at different levels so you could play against a gold alpha brain you could play against a plat, a diamond, grandmaster, uh, challenger, whatever their top tier is. Um, and I think the one of the main differences, and I'm sure there's more to it than this, but um, the main differences are just APM max caps, where the higher you go, the more APM that it's allowed to use. Um, and they're really interesting games to watch. I'm sure you can go on YouTube right now and search like StarCraft Alpha Brain games, and you'll find like 100 videos of different streamers who get into games against the bot and you get to see how they play. Um, and from the games I saw, there's a lot of like Terran drop play where they'll just micro with, with medivacs and use tanks and stuff and just obliterate people that way. Um, and then of course there's a lot of stalker micro like that. Uh, if you don't play Starcraft, you probably have no idea what we're talking about right now. <laughs> but... oh, I forgot how, how far down that 
Yeah. <laughs> but let's just we'll we'll cap it at the AI can play an RTS very well because of how RTSs are fundamentally structured uh, versus a game like League, where more being able to look at multiple points of the map and playing very fast and very well um, affects a game like StarCraft way more than it does League. I get that. I, I feel like there's no also uh, 100% this is the right call mm-hmm. in League, and I think there's some of that in StarCraft. Um, there was a StarCraft player, Idra, famous uh, for being a rager, and um, there was a Terran player. His name started with a J. Uh, he's from Europe. I can't remember what it was. Um, at a certain time, the first Marine popped out of the barracks, and he accidentally hit the wrong button and didn't build his Marine for five extra seconds on accident. So Idra does a rush, times it out perfectly. He sees the build, and he waits for that Marine to pop out of the barracks. And because he waited, his Zergling died, because his Zergling was supposed to kill that Marine at, at melee range, but the SUV was beaten on it. And after the game, Idra was like, what the fuck happened? I was perfect. And he's like, oh, I messed up. I didn't build the Marine on time. Yeah. And so that, like that that's why I asked, like, does it have to play perfect? Because then you get these mind games of like, this is the perfect play with the information unless someone messed up. Yeah. Um, and a lot of high-level StarCraft um, has to do with eking out very, very, very incremental advantages against your opponent via harassing them with, like, Reapers. Like, Reapers are a unit that can move over terrain very fast, very uh, easily, so they can jump up and down cliffs. And a lot of StarCraft um, gameplay has to do with um, using terrain to your advantage, at least in the early game for units like the Reaper. So an AI or a very, very, very good StarCraft player can actually use one Reaper, which is a very cheap early game unit, and cause massive amounts of headaches for the enemy player just by having it going and attacking a worker for a little bit, running away, healing up, attacking a worker for a little bit. And not the damage that it does doesn't cause the advantage necessarily. Um, it's actually just the brain power of the opponent being taken away to deal with that unit. Because you'll have to either take your workers and run them away or try to surround them, blah, blah, blah. There's so many different ways to deal with it. But at the end of the day, you're taking mining time, um, worker time, whatever time, out of your opponent's hand just to deal with this. And that's why that's why StarCraft is like so hyper focused on on APM and and um, just very perfect, like you said, perfect execution of everything. Because one tiny little mistake, the earlier in the game that happens, can can be the end of the game. Whereas in League. You can be making mistakes up until forty minutes if you just execute a perfect team fight. That's yeah. the game. The game can be over right there. You can win. That sounds like Korea in a nutshell. Yeah, yeah we were behind for thirty minutes when we had the perfect team fight. You're like, yeah. oh, um, yeah. It's just such a um, and StarCraft is not known as a simple game. This is a very complicated game. But when you look at League, just the the different combinations of things that can happen in any single game. Um, I think. A long time ago, there was math put out when the cha- game only had like 80 champions. There was math put out there. There's like 10 billion or 10 trillion different combinations of games just based on champion like interactions. Um, and now it's got to be exponentially higher. But that's like just the base level of what can be like wh- how a game can be different. You can play a game with the same TAM champions 10 times and the outcome of that game can be different 10 times. 
you can have a fed Rengar, you can have a fed Caitlyn, you can have a fed mid lane. Your top lane could do well, but then lose a tower. Look, we can talk about this forever. But... Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, it's, it's very, it's, it's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy, and that's why I think like maybe in the future a computer could play League perfectly, but right now, whew, I'd love to see it. Uh, side tangent, real quick. Did you do you like uh, watch Neil DeGrace, uh Neil DeGrace Tyson? I can never say his name correctly. Uh, physicist, right? Yeah. Uh, he was talking about um, are we in a simulation? Uh, <laughs> just thinking about that, I was just like, oh no. Uh, if we can make robots that can create simulations, then they can make a simulation of a robot that can make a simulation. Therefore, it's we're one in a trillion. And I was just like, oh, my life is a lie. <laughs> well, yeah, the, the theory, I think we've actually talked about this before on this podcast. I'm not sure. Okay. The theory behind that is it's sort of like the, the Fermi paradox where if alien life existed in the universe, um, it would have contacted, like advanced enough alien intelligence, it would have like either contacted us right by now or we would have been able to detect it or some situation. Um, and since it hasn't, it doesn't. Or something like that. I, I'm sure okay. I'm horribly mangling that. Um, but it sort of goes over to the same thing for the simulation where it's since the universe is infinite, there's a infinite likelihood that we're in a simulation because at one point, humanity or, or evolution will get to a point where technology is uh, advanced enough to create a simulation of this magnitude or of this this uh perfectness i think it's called something like that <laughs> Ugh. yeah it gets it gets into some weird mind bending things and infinite isn't yeah it, once you add infinite and everything everything goes out the window yeah and that's that's i think that's the biggest struggle with with modern philosophy i guess it's called just because it's just you can talk about it for hundreds of years and you'll just end up being at the same points as you've always been where if it's if the universe is infinite, then anything is possible. Blah, 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 blah. Right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Got it. We're on topic. Question <laughs> two. Question. We actually kind of went over to question two. So let's skip on to question four, actually. How have okay, you been okay, dealing okay. With, with quarantine? How have you been dealing with not going to riot office? Right. I've actually been to the riot offices two times. They're beautiful, fantastic offices. Are you missing them majorly? So I miss them just because um, they're beautiful places, right? It's like, well, it's like a park. Um, but I'm an introvert, and I love being at home. And so I get my daily touch of personal interaction with meetings. I have a roommate. Uh, talk to her. Done. I am, I am set. My tank is full. Um, I talk about some like philosophical debates with friends. Cool. On podcasts, um, yeah, yeah. There you go. I wasn't even talking <laughs> about you, but you're also one of them. <laughs> um, that's really all I need. And so I'm, I'm healthier, I'm happier, working from home, doing what I'm doing. Um, my team is not the same. Uh, a lot of people I know are suffering. Uh, so anyone ever wants to talk, I am open to talk. Uh, I got all the Jackboxes. I've been playing Jackbox with my team. Um, trying to like be a little happier. Um. But yeah, no, I'm I'm loving it. How about how about you? How are you doing on quarantine? I think I'm in the same boat. 
um, I really like our offices. I work at a, a small ed tech company called, well, not too small, about 150 employees now, 200-ish. Um, ed tech company called GoGuardian and fantastic offices, really beautiful. They've really um, doubled down on like the the open office theme with beautiful plants and, and like just fun nice. environments everywhere. Um, it's a great office. The hours that I work, or at least the hours that I worked when I was at the office, um, it was pretty empty most of the time because I was I was in the afternoon or the light, the night shift most of the time, um, so I didn't really get a ton of human interaction at the office. Um, so I basically was just in like a twenty thousand square foot place with like three other people there, <laughs> and I liked that. I personally was like, "This is awesome! I get to come around the office. I get to sit in whatever chair I want." Check out the kitchen, all the snacks, carte blanche, the coffee machine, blah, blah, blah. Um, but yeah, the transition to working from home, the biggest difference in my life, and this is sad, is I I missed the free food from the office. That's yep, basically that's it. The, only thing. <laughs> the free food is so nice. Yeah. It's a, it, you never really to... realize how expensive food is, especially eating out, until you have to like just sit at home for four months and make food every day. At, at Riot, I'd walk in, I'd have my first meeting, and I'd go get a bowl of Frosted Flakes or Captain Crunch, and I'd have my bowl, and I'd eat it, and then I'd go to lunch and get like a salad, and then there's a snack in the middle of the day, and then it's a fatty dinner, and now I'm like, I'm eating twice a day because I'm too lazy to go buy cereal and milk mm-hmm. and then clean up all that crap. and. <laughs> I'm in the same boat. Took- I'm eating like one giant meal a day and then like a couple snacks throughout it. And that's just how my life is right now. Yeah, I got I got my snack right here. I have my strawberries. Ooh, that's a healthy snack. I like strawberries. They're expensive, though. Like they good are. strawberries? Why is fruit so expensive? Who knows? I mean, we live in a, a good environment for it. Isn't like California like perfect for growing stuff because it's nice temperatures all year long? I'm just saying I could buy a hundred strawberry starburst for the same price as like one small carton of strawberries <laughs> so like they're really they're killing me here you know what you need to do is you need to get a window box and grow strawberries at home or or go all out and do like hydroponics no no dude i <laughs> killed everything i tried to grow the only thing i could grow was onions onions why would you even onions. want to grow onions <laughs> onions are delicious i'm sorry they're like 25 cents <laughs> not the point the point is growing something and, and loving it and then eating it <laughs> loving the onion <laughs> all right Shrek. you you care for it you you get the soil and you when i was a it. kid i tried to grow pumpkins for the longest freaking time and i never why? grew a pumpkin they just why? pumpkins are gross i know i didn't good. i didn't even like pumpkins i just wanted to grow something um and it didn't happen because i don't think they were getting germinated like there was just no other oh. pumpkins around, so they just weren't. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know enough about biology to state that as a fact, but it just never happened. <laughs> like they weren't getting germinated, man. Yeah, so. yeah, they just weren't. No pumpkins around for them to exchange biological material with. Okay. <laughs> yeah, well, I just, I killed everything I tried to grow, so... It's hard. I don't like. I don't like anything. I feel like I should have plants in my apartment, just to like make it less depressing. But it's just I don't want to deal with it. I, I think I'm I could. Sorry. Um, nothing's alive in my house other than my cat. <laughs> I can't even get a cat. I want to get a cat. No, no cats in my place, unfortunately. That's unfortunate. That's a 
biggest struggle that I had moving to LA, just trying to find some place that was affordable that you could have pets in. And I just couldn't, it was like, do you want to pay $800 a month more? Or do you want to be right. able to afford food? <laughs> they make you, oh, they felt like a pet deposit. You have to pay extra per month. And it's mm-hmm. just like, what? I'm with you. Also, if you ever have to move and you have a pet, it greatly narrows down where you can move to. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I think if you wanted to move and you had a pet, you have to, like, find somebody um, who already has a pet and see if there's, like, a, a space in their building or, like, see if there's a space in their unit or whatever. It's just such a struggle. Um, hey, what what other games are you playing these days other than League of Legends? I play the crap out of Final Fantasy XIV. Oh, boy. It is by far the best MMO that's ever been made and I've been like trying to convince everyone to play it. Um there are a lot of my friends line. who are great really into 40 Final Fantasy. It's so I played WoW since beta of WoW. And I played Final Fantasy on and off for like a month here and there. Like every couple of years like a month. And I finally really got into it this time. I really dove, I really focused on it. In, in WoW, it's hit max level, do end game raids, get loot. Final Fantasy just gives you loot. It just it starts off. It's like, oh, you hit 50? Congratulations, here's the best set of gear you can get. And you're like, oh. And it's like, yeah, you can do raids and it'll get you the, the next. Or you could just go do Blacksmith for a couple days. I watched The Boys and Money Heist and cut down trees and mining for like three days straight. In Final Fantasy, it was soothing. I had cool gear. I walked around and cut things. That's I would never mine for more than an hour in World of Warcraft. Yeah, um, I mean, I don't have a ton of MMO experience. Um, I think the longest I ever played an MMO was a terrible uh, offshoot of it's called Neverwinter, and it wasn't like the Neverwinter everyone knows. Um, it's Neverwinter oh, okay. by Perfect World, um, which was a I think it runs on the same engine as the old Star Trek MMO or Star Trek MMO. Um, oh, I forgot about that game. Yeah, it, it it's ugly. It didn't run particularly well. Um, it was massively pay to win, just ridiculously pay to win. Um, yeah. And I played like seven thousand hours of it or something ridiculous. <laughs> oh, you didn't just kind of play it. You played the crap out of it. Every night after after we'd get home from school, me and my friend would just sit on this game for to like 3 a.m. or 4 a.m. It was that, Combat Arms, and okay. Battlefield Play for Free. That was like, and then Minecraft and all that sort of other crap. That was a different era. Um, but that was a lot of my yeah. younger gaming. There was a game called Rakion. I don't know if you've ever heard of it, ever played it. Um, it was a battle arena where you could pick a swordsman, a blacksmith, a mage, an assassin, or an archer. And you just battled it out. There was some, like, hold the point, kill the enemy golem, which, like, capture the flag almost. Um, and it was beautiful. I played it for, like, a solid year. And I played, like, six hours a day. I was 19th on the server. I was like, this is the greatest game ever. And then they're like, oh, we're coming out of beta. We're going to go into main, and now you can spend money on the game. And I was like, why would I do that? I'm, I'm, everything's fine. Well, the best thing you could get for free was a Minotaur summon. After you did X amount of damage, you could summon a pet. And I was an archer, and I summoned a Minotaur. It would sit in front of me, and it would protect me. Awesome. The first bonus for 
paying for the game like five dollars was a dragon. <laughs> Minotaurs can't fight dragons; they're in the fucking air. <laughs> <laughs> that just and reminds was... me. Oh god, that's terrible. That's like yeah. So I, it, it crushed it. I will never play a game where you can pay for power. Yeah. And bottom line, it was it was it was a struggle. When you're younger, you like don't realize that how like dirty it is, like the 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 pay to win tactics, but. Um, in Neverwinter, the game that I'd spent thousands of hours in, and and unfortunately hundreds of dollars, um, no, <laughs> it 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 loots you in. There were so many levels of pay to win that it was it was ridiculous. There were companions, and the companions that you get, um, were like that's a big part of your power. So you wanted to get the best companion, and like some of the better ones can cost like thirty dollars or something. And then there's like weapon and armor slots on the companions. And those were a big part of the companion's power. So you can either spend money on those or grind them out or whatever. And then the armor slots had enchantments in them. And they had like three enchantments apiece. And they went up to level 14 or whatever. Um, And like the grind past level 7 for those enchantments was ridiculous. So for one companion, if you had to like, if you were just starting from scratch and wanted to spend money, I think it would be like $1,000 or something ridiculous to get that companion. Like, like to be the best that it could be by not playing at all, just by like that's rent money. Yeah, that's like, and and I don't know how big the whales are in that game, but like people do, people were spending. You would see people whale, in whale. like the terrible PvP or the terrible end end raids, um, with like completely decked out everything. Um, yeah, it was that was a I don't a struggle. I don't know if I can tell you this story. I'm trying to think about. I probably I probably shouldn't tell you the story. So I'll I'll tell you like uh, Chinese culture is very different about pay to play. Mm-hmm. And there was a gentleman I was talking to that said that my game was flawed because it was free to play. Mm-hmm. And I was like, cool. So you're a whale. And he's like, I am not. I work a factory job for sixty hours a week. I don't have time to play as much as the other people that are playing at home with other jobs. <laughs> so I need to be able to spend my resources that I earn to catch up to them. And I was just like, mind explosion. Like, it is, it's not going to convince me to make a pay-to-play option, but I can understand why <laughs> you're at a disadvantage. Not everyone is... My life, I wouldn't even say, was like super luxurious. I, I, was, I was an orphan in East Atlanta. You know the South. Not the greatest place to be. Um... Still, I was able to play video games. I know a lot of people that weren't able to. So even that is like an advantage. Like, oh, no, you can't do pay to play. And I'm like, well, what about the new players that have never played League of Legends before? I can see why someone would be like, why can't I pay for 10% power to catch up? So I am I'm more empathetic towards it. I would never put it into a game I worked on. Yeah. Um, but I can understand it 100%. Not the $1,000 for companions. <laughs> but I can understand a little bit. It, I think that... that... Um, these games, those types of games fall into a, a vicious cycle um, where they allow pay-to-win materials for whatever reason, um, whether it's to balance the game for people who don't have as much time or just because they want more money. Um, who's to say? Uh, they, they put in pay-to-win tactics, and that encourages people to pay-to-win. And in that situation, it drives out people who may not be able to pay or maybe people pay as much because they feel like they're they're being excluded because they don't have money to spend on the game where then 
to be better at the game, you have to spend more money now because the only people who are left are people who are spending money. And the cycle, it, it gets put into this vicious uh, cycle because the developers are seeing the player base shrink, but the profits like stay either consistent. And they're, they're, they say, we have to put in more tactics just to keep our company alive because our player base is so small now, but they're still paying money. So the yeah. more that you can milk those very, very small percentage of people for whatever amount of money they're willing to spend, like the more, the smaller the player base can get. And I think I've seen that a lot with, with games like um, there's, there's a mech warrior game right now. Um, that's very, very niche. And it's, okay. It's got people who have been playing this game for for like for is iteration it, is it of this game. No, no, no. It's <laughs> it's literally Mech Warrior, like Mech the oh, brand okay. Mech Warrior. Um, okay, okay. And I watched a video about it. Uh, it was like a fifty minute video about this this guy who's been playing for hundreds of hours or whatever, and he was just really distraught because the game had had uh, implemented some sort of pay to win um, thing in the game, and he was like, all my friends who have been playing this game for so long now all their progress has been invalidated because of this whatever mm. aspect. Um, and the developers like came out and said like, Hey, we can't keep this game alive with this small of a player base without this. And that's just like, like, do you want your game yeah. to be alive or do you want it to be like how you like it? Because when you, there's only a thousand people playing this game at max, something has to be done <laughs> to keep the service, got- just to keep servers alive. I got mad respect for the developer to come out and say that yeah. because that is not going to make you friends, but it is the truth of like why things, you know, why does Riot have to ship a, a Lux skin every year? <laughs> and right, we're like Riot's not in trouble of, we're not in money problems. Our game is not shrinking. It's, it's, it's not that, but it's like, Hey, we are cognizant that we have to make money. Like that is how the game gets made. It's a free to play game. So if people want to buy Lux skins, we will continue to give them Lux skins. Yeah. Um, and and it, and it gets really hard um, telling a player. Like I have friends that main champions that aren't as popular, and it sucks. Be like, hey, I I know you haven't had a skin for a while. So like, <laughs> sorry. Like I think Larry said something about um, he didn't mention specifically what the champion was, but he said something like this champion hadn't had a skin for however many years, and he's like, yeah. it's just because nobody plays them. Like they have like. 3,000 mains or something like that. Right. Um, it's, it's, it's so hard, and it, yeah. it feels bad because I want everyone to have Christmas every day. I want your champion to be 55% win rate. Like, I get that. <laughs> like, I want you to feel supported, loved on every character, but there are some characters that can't. Um, my favorite character is Shivana. I love really? Shivana. Yeah. Uh, do you know what a 55% win rate Shivana looks like? Is it Spellbinder, Deathcap, Voidstaff, oh, no, Lunzeka. I, I word that incorrectly. If Shivana is fifty-five percent win rate, there's oh. a problem in the game. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but a Mumu can be fifty-five percent win rate because it's not it's not as shocking. It's not this. But yeah, if Shivana's that strong, she will just destroy you. Yeah, I think that's that's sort of the problem that you see a lot in League, where if you see like these not to say like these lower skill cap champions, like the champions that aren't 10,000 dashes and, and pure true damage and whatever. Um, if you see them at a super high win rate, 
and a super high play rate, there's something wrong with the balance. Like like if everyone's playing the champion and they're they're all doing above average, then maybe the champion's too strong. Yeah, it gets it gets into a hard situation. So that's so kudos to that developer. Way to go. I'm so sorry that um your game has to be pay to play now. <laughs> like it's <laughs> At least it's still happening, though. Like, there's so many games that, that have just been... They just die. Because, I mean, it's hard. If you don't have a player base that it, that is willing to give you some sort of income and you're just running servers and employing people, like, wh- where's the money come from? You know, you only get... So even if it was, like, a, a um, buy-in game at one point, you got however much money 10 years ago. That's not paying the bills today <laughs> yeah i think some so i hate dlc and i went on a rant about destiny i was oh, like boy. how fucking dare they <laughs> have dlc and expansions that you have to pay for and shit and and uh developer i think i was at was it comic-con uh, i fucking dug into a developer of another game like how dare he do this kind of stuff or permit this to happen not not said like that, but you know, I was I was challenging his ethics, his morals, <laughs> and he was like, "How much did you pay for Breath of the Wild?" And I'm like, "I paid sixty bucks." And he's like, "How many hours did you play?" And I was like, "A hundred and twenty, like hundred and forty. I played the crap out of Breath of the Wild." And he's like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. What? Ha- how much money do you think per hour you have to pay for a game?" when the game then becomes a thousand hours, do you have to pay more money to continue to play this game? I was like, no, I bought the game. And he's like, so if you're playing Destiny for a thousand hours, how much money should I get or whatever? And it's just, I, that to me was just like, oh, I think I broke my headset actually, by the way. Just so oh, you know, really? Look at this <laughs> okay, I was um, like wondering, it's like your your levels are just getting yeah. quieter and quieter. I'm like, oh no. <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I don't know how to fix this now. I'm just going to hold it for a while. Um, but yeah, so that that to me kind of like triggered in my head that was like, oh, I can kind of see why they would have to now. If your game is X and you can play this much hours, you have to make income somewhere else. Yeah, and a game like Breath of the Wild, the initial cost of Breath of the Wild might have been whatever it was, but there's not much reoccurring cost past like fixing bugs and stuff like that and updates. If there's no multiplayer, yeah. there's no servers they have to run, I imagine. I don't know how Nintendo works, but um, they're on to the next project. Yeah. Um, they're making yeah, money it's... on something else now. And, and uh, yeah, for, for a game hard. that you have to keep making updates for and keep fixing and keep up uh, patching... Servers are expensive. Yeah. I don't Ten think people understand later. what servers are either. Like, no, no, I play the game on my computer and all my friends connect to it. <laughs> no, no, you how don't. How servers work. <laughs> Uh, wish it's yeah, how servers work. I mean, peer to peer, kind of, but yeah. Ugh. Uh, remember Ventrilo back in the day? Oh boy, five ten bucks a month for Ventrilo, so you can talk and out Discord's free. I am yeah. surprised Discord doesn't have a button that says "Donate to us." Y'all using our servers right now? They do because it's called oh, Nitro. on the front page. When I log in, no, no, they've had Nitro for a while. Yeah, that's what I, I mean. Just... That's what Nitro is. Nitro is donate right. to us. Oh, sorry. I'm saying because of because of the the virus, a lot oh. more people are using Discord, and there's like a huge overhaul. And I know mm-hmm. their servers. This is why they've had like things go down, all this stuff. It's just like 
we're all using discord we're all using amazon all the stuff it's just like i'm surprised they don't update nitro and be like you want to just donate some money get help <laughs> like, well I'd, I'd be interested to see what the uptake of nitro subscriptions has been because people are using discord more like are people buying more nitro now because um they're using it more like five dollars a month really isn't that much if you're using discord 10 hours a day to communicate with your yeah. friends. Um, and some of the perks for Nitro are actually really good. There's, there's like higher quality uh, video chat and like the ability to use more emotes and stuff. Um, and that might not matter to some people, but some people are, are really into this. But I get free Nitro for life because I'm a Discord partner, so I don't have to worry about it. Oh, <laughs> damn. Yeah. Okay, okay. I somehow weaseled, weaseled my way into that network. You That's a whole them. story for another time. Uh, <laughs> okay, okay. Wow, yeah, we they, they, uh, how long have we been talking about? Wow, it's already been an hour. Do we want to move on to 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 game news? So you, man, we can go to game news. All right, let's let's hit game news. We'll we'll try to cover these quick. Um, Earth's yeah. back. Do you like Earth? I do not. You don't like Earth. I feel like <laughs> that was super. <laughs> um, so the first time Earth ever came out, I think I lost eighteen games in a row on stream. Oh God. And I love League of Legends, as League of Legends is. I have 12,000 games played of League of Legends. I like League of Legends. 12,000? is a mockery. <laughs> yeah, I think it... So, when I got interviewed at Riot, the, uh, they asked me, like, what's your favorite game? And I was like, oh, mine's League of Legends. And the interviewer was like, yeah, you have to say that, you know? But, like, <laughs> what's your real favorite game? And I was like, I have, at the time, 10,000 League of Legends games played. I have more than your entire team put together. <laughs> Don't question my love for this game. I fucking like, love League of Legends. <laughs> There's a, yeah, you, um, I mean, you're probably intimately familiar with this. There's a, a website um, that used to run or still runs called like wastedonleague.com or wastedonlol.com. Yeah, it's um, disgusting. I'm sure you're ridiculously high up there. I think I was at, I think I'm at like five, five or 6,000 games, something like that. Okay, yeah. That's not bad. It's a lot. Uh, it's really hard because a lot of those games were like 3v3s or ARAMs or oh, okay, okay. the modes, and you can't really find those anymore or Dominion because um, yeah. they just don't get counted. They didn't get counted in like all your main things. I, and you can't like go back and be like, hey, how many games of 3v3s did I play? Um, yeah. It, and so, like so old, Earth is old ranked favorite. stuff. Um, yeah, Earth. I like Earth. I personally enjoy Earth just because I like playing new things um and that's why i don't like pick earth i like all random earth because i like being forced to play a different thing every game and like having to learn what's good on that champion and i also don't like playing against the same 10 champions every single game so i'm about to ask something and this is really bad because i am one of the leads on that team (laughs) um is it pick earth or random earth this time around pick earth (laughs) It's Picker for the second time in a row, actually. Um, okay. Okay. And I'm like, I, oh. Picker's like, like I'll take it, but it's definitely not my preferred Earth. And I think more and more people, like, I'm sure you're well aware, but um, the overwhelming majority of the loud voices on the internet were like, oh my god, Random Earth, terrible, it sucks, just give me Picker back. I just want to play Picker. I want to play this every time. I don't have to want to have to play a Moomoo or whatever. Blah, blah, blah. Right, let and me, then, let me, Okay. Give you a little context on that. If you can only play two games a night and you get 
two random characters you don't like, you have a really bad taste <laughs> in your mouth. I understand that. I do understand that. Okay. But, okay. but yeah. <laughs> on the other side of the spectrum, if I only get two games a night and I'm playing against Fizz, Zed, Yumi, Hecarim, whatever, every single freaking game, because I only have two, one ban and there's 20,000 champions I hate playing against. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I've played two games against Aphelios since oh, he came God. out. And both those times, I regretted it that I didn't ban him. I am, I, I feel that very much. I, that's, that's, I hate. I have a cycle right now where it's Lee Sin, Kane, and um, it's either Kane? Lux. I ban Kane because fuck playing against Kane. <laughs> Kane's good. What you... I agree, he's good. He is a more balanced character than a lot of the ones out there. The problem I have playing against Kane is that my teams never punish him in the early game. And by the time people are realizing that he's powerful, he's Red Kane with Death Stance, Black Cleaver, Spirit Visage, and he's out healing whatever damage my team's doing. And he's just like 1v5-ing. And that's the problem I have with Kane. Um, Probably because I'm not aggressive enough. I I don't shut him down early. Um, That's reasonable. Um, It's like cast bans when it comes around. I'm like, I don't feel like my team punishes them, but if I pick cast... They're always just up my ass the entire game. Yeah, they have like Talon, Talon, Hecarim. They're just ganking your lane 24-7. Uh, and you can't get away until so level 6. I played a ranked game over the weekend, and my first pick mid laner picks Cassidon. So they pick Renekton and Zen Zhao or something like that. And it was Renekton mid. Oh, and this God. kid is just blasting me. How dare I would let bruisers exist in the mid lane. And my thing is, bruisers don't exist in the mid lane. They only <laughs> exist when you pick Cassidy. First, first Cassidy blind. <laughs> well, that's what I love. I love when people like over rely on Cassidy's passive of like reduced magic damage, and then the enemy picks like Lucian or something mid, and then they just yeah, ass blast them at level three because Cassidy actually really isn't that tanky. It's just he relies a lot on that passive to stay alive. <laughs> um, yep, it's ugh. it's unfortunate and. And if you pick a champion that guarantees to, I shouldn't say guarantee, with a very high win rate late, you have to understand that there's a, you're trading something. And mm. what you're trading is your luscious booty. Really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not every yeah. champion can, can own the early game. Like, if you're playing Lee Sin, you're going to be really strong early, but if you don't get ahead early, you're not going to be useful late game. Um, or or the teams that pick I really a top cast in mid vein bottom lane cane jungle and then want to surrender at fifteen minutes. Yeah, they're like, oh, oh we yeah. don't. We, we're zero and ten. What are we gonna do? Game's over. Of course you are. Yeah, you have no way to deal with the enemy. Ugh, man. Yeah, League Legends is fun. Sorry, fuck Earth. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Question was: Earth is back. Do you like Earth? Answer: Fuck Earth. Moving on. <laughs> There's not a rotating game mode I like. None of them. I, I, I think Earth is my favorite rotating game mode, and that's just because Earth is more fun than Ascension. Oh, or What's your favorite Earth champion to play? Let me ask you a question. I don't have a favorite. I like, like I said, I like playing a different thing every time. I think the one I've been enjoying most recently, just because I have to pick things now, is like I like Lulu or oh, something. I'm so sorry. <laughs> you play Lulu? Yeah, just because you're Lulu... an anti fun. <laughs> yeah, well, if I if I can't have fun in my Earth, you don't get to kill anyone. <laughs> Christ, that's an anti-fun champion right there. Just 
Hey, man, it's not Zed, at least. Dear God. I hate Zed. I think Lulu is ten times worse than Zed. Yeah, but... Okay. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. All right, sorry. Go ahead. Um, you're probably correct. <laughs> okay, so the next thing I wanted to talk about was this is something that I don't think really League has much of a problem with, but other games these days, file sizes. Um, Call of Duty Warzone yeah. just dropped a big update, and I think the total file size now on PC is something north of 200 gigabytes, which is a lot. Is that is that too much? How much is is there a too much? So we actually we limit everything because our game is marketed to run on toasters. We are <laughs> proud of that fact. Our game runs on the early Macs. Like, <laughs> um, I think games are at a point right now where you have to be flashy and big, and you have to have great sound, great visuals that can run on 4K 70-foot TVs, right? The only way you can get that right now, because technology is not there, is just to have giant-ass fucking files. Um, I think it's, I think it's gross, mm. but I don't disagree with it. Like, then they can just blame you. <laughs> oh, I had a, like, who is going to choose not to download that brand new beautiful game because they have two leftover games on their hard drive? Yeah. I think, I think the um, main problem that people have with it though, is that, and then we're, we're blessed with, with beautiful, lovely messiah internet provider spectrum uh <laughs> are, are you sponsored by them no i fuck spectrum i completely hate them they're terrible die in a fire. dude spectrum <laughs> is is it's worse than sudden link and i had sudden link in north carolina for the longest time and i didn't like them but at least they yeah. worked uh okay so the, the problem i think most people have with large file size games is a lot of companies these days still in 2020 are implementing data caps on internet. And I don't think yeah. we have much of it in LA. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not familiar with it. But in a lot of rural areas, it is not uncommon to have like a 500 gig data cap on your internet. And if you're downloading 200 gigs of Warzone in one month, all of a sudden, the Netflix is going off. The the YouTube is getting shut down. And like you're... You that's, pay. Not war- that's not their problem. I that's know, I problem. know. That's not... That's <laughs> not... My, that's not Modern Warfare's problem. But it's fucked up. It's a situation. That's the reality. And like, is is there something that they need to do to combat that, or is it just do we just have to sit, take that sacrifice, and be like, hey, I'm sorry, you can't play our game. The way that it speaks, you have to be with wallet. Like, if people won't we'll stop downloading big size games, but then they literally be like, okay, well, we're not, we're no longer catering to that audience. We're catering to the audience of people that have good internet. Yeah. Um, I I think in the next five ten years, we're gonna have a really big war over internet. I think so too. Um, I think we're at the very entrance of it just because of quarantine. I think I think we talked about this a lot um two episodes ago where internet okay. in in other developing countries is or not other de- other developed countries is so many light years ahead of like American internet that it's not yeah. even funny. And and we had a, a gentleman from um England on the show and he was complaining about Virgin, which is their per, uh, internet provider. And and me and Larry were like that sounds bad, but that's not like as nearly as bad as like what people deal with, especially like in Georgia or in Ohio or something, where your internet provider is is Comcast or whatever, and they're charging you eight hundred dollars a month for twenty gigs da- or twenty megabits down or whatever. Um, man, yeah, it's it's disgusting. But they get internet providers are are like if if 
it should be a utility and it should be regulated and it just should be it shouldn't be a for-profit industry at all because it's a utility now it's like people need this to survive this is this now more than ever people are working online they're doing social stuff online this is like it's not water and electricity level but it's up there i think it's more important than phone lines i'm gonna go on a a quick philosophical tangent about american culture all right we have hollywood we have these things where we were genre defining for so long that America has not adapt or needed to. And so why would we change our rules and adapt to other countries? We have been the stepping stool for X amount of time. Now we are, we have not been that for a while, but that mentality hasn't changed. Um, why would I learn another language? All music is in English. All <laughs> movies true. are in English. Why would I do this? And then you have people that come from China, uh, Europe, um, Philippines that speak English like why why do you why do you do that like oh because some of our media was in English and I wanted to partake of it and everyone was just like wow you you should learn English I should never have to learn another language um <laughs> and it, it's getting quite quite apparent when we were now falling behind on things where it's just like yeah I should probably know other languages and unfortunately for me at my school they offered Spanish French and German and mm-hmm. I took German because it was the coolest sounding one uh, do you know who speaks only German? No Not one. The Germans. Because every German person <laughs> speaks English better than I speak German. <laughs> I had I had that uh, philosophical dilemma where I thought everyone in the world speaks English because everyone that I interacted with online spoke excellent English. All the Europeans, even the people from China that I spoke with, and then like my brain just clicks, and I'm like, it's not that everyone speaks English. It's that the people that I'm inter- the only people who are interacting with me are English speaking. Like I'm not gonna be able to go out and talk to people who are speaking Duish or or um, Chinese or whatever just because I don't understand them, and they probably don't understand me if they don't know English. Um, yeah, and that was something like yeah. the perception of of culture is just like it's so tied to your universe, which is is the people that you talk to, the content you consume, and the the, but I think that's, that's basically just it. The people that you talk to and the content you consume. Like, what else is there? Yeah, um, America's a giant country. Uh, I went to 40 states before I ever left the country. Um, why would I learn another language? I learned how to talk to people from the north because I used to have a southern accent. Um, I learned how to let, let them understand me. I talked slower, pronounced every letter. Um, <laughs> but that that's about as far as I went, but people in Europe have this, I want to say it's an advantage, but not, it's just being a good person that they, they literally just have neighbors that speak other languages that they're like, oh, I want to interact with your country because I want to see what your country's about. And so why, why would you go to Mexico? We have New Mexico. We have <laughs> Arizona. We have Southern California. All the beaches you want. Go to Florida. Go to what, Cancun? Go to Florida. Don't, don't go to Florida. Don't go to Florida. <laughs> Right, but it's it's this American thing. It's just like that's it's rough, and we need to get out of that hole. I don't I don't know if it's possible. It, it's it's going to be a while. I mean, the boomers got to die. Uh, <laughs> oh, my mom! I called my mom on Mother's Day, and she asked me when the millennials millennials are going to fix the economy that we screwed up. <laughs> and I I lost my mind. I was like, <laughs> we screwed up? Are you serious? You have boned everything. <laughs> <laughs> 
you guys just leeched and sucked and hoarded and now you're all dying <laughs> oh where's all the money where'd it go <laughs> they pissed it away they pissed yeah. it away and let prices get ridiculous because capitalism because... i should not pay twenty six hundred dollars a month in rent there's oh, no way god. in the world I should do that for a two-bedroom home. Oh my god! Sorry, yeah. not a home. Two-bedroom apartment. Apartment. In a building. I had a house in Georgia for eight hundred. It was a four-bedroom, three-bath. That's. I think that's people. Everyone knows that it's expensive to live in like a big city, but it doesn't really click with you. It didn't click with me until I moved here, where it's just like I'm paying like a a super large percentage of my income, like more than it should be on a room <laughs> in a house <laughs> yeah it's it's gross um yeah. and it's it's super greedy um and we need to fix that and we can't fix that because the people that have it all are the ones that have the power that. to fix it yeah so like, you can't you have no incentive to fix it if you're the one benefiting from the system yeah so how about that ps5 <laughs> I honestly, I saw that thing, and I was hoping Larry was going to talk to you more about it. I, I was hoping to. <laughs> I don't know anything about so, it. Okay, cool, 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 cool. <laughs> I know, I know. Okay, this is what I know about the PS5 uh, from the okay. bits and pieces that I picked up. Um, it's read-write speeds are abnormally high, like double of, double that of like an NVMe SSD, like which is very, very fast. Like NVMe SSDs right now, I'm not too, and I'm not SSDs. I'm talking very fast. Okay. Um. They are, I think, somewhere around capping out at like 3.5 gigabits per second of read-write, which is very, very fast. That's like upwards of what most people need for anything. Um, and I think they said the PS5 is going to be like 8 or 9 gigabits per second read-write, which is, that's like double. tripling it. Though. Yeah, they're like double, tripling it. It's, it's ridiculous. I can and do like, math. I work at computers. I mean, yeah, I mean that's it depends on what number you take. I said like three yeah, three yeah. to three point five. Yeah, it's it's Pretty like good. double or tripling it somewhere around there. Um okay. and there's they've probably explained how they did it. I didn't really pick up on that. But my question is like why do they need that much speed? Like what is the bottleneck in read writes on hard drives on your on your drive? Like what is that solving? Isn't the most bottlenecks in, in, in games these days isn't that mostly coming from the cpu and the gpu but apparently it was a problem and they solved it so yay <laughs> good job ps5 we'll see that yeah. coming up next year or whatever they decide to release it uh i bought a new computer last month and i literally just hit up an it person at at our company was like buy a computer for me <laughs> and he's like wait shouldn't you know about this stuff and i was like i yeah but yeah. numbers and he's like well what graphics card do you want what do you need to run and i was like I'm gonna pick a game and you tell me how I run it at max. Done. I'm um I'm about two or three months out from doing a big upgrade. I think I think I'm gonna spend an inordinate amount of money and just get like a ridiculous computer and just hopefully be done with it, it for a long time. My my buddy just bought a computer where he could do 3D modeling and something. He wanted to make 3D movies, so his computer was a sorry. He wanted to make VR. Oh, he was making VR shit, so he his computer was like four or five thousand. Yeah, where he wanted to do. I know exactly where all that money went to. There's oh. there's like a three thousand dollars CPU in that machine probably, and then there's like two thousand dollars worth of GPUs just in it's a row. Disgusting what he did. Uh, yeah, and yeah, I'm, he's happy. 
and I'm glad he's happy. It's crazy. Computers, like computer price, you, there's such a big jump. There's like, there's like good, 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 great, 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 great. And this is uh, this graph that I'm showing for our, our listeners is it's going up slowly. And then when you get to like industry level, it goes from like $2,000 being like 2000 to 3000 being like the cap of what you can spend up to like $40,000. And there's no in between. It's like you're either spending $3,000 on the best PC you can get as a consumer or you're spending $40,000 on a I need this for rendering eight frames of my upcoming uh, Hollywood blockbuster movie or like Thor the Dark World or whatever. Um, because it's just like... the, the Yeah, no. It's, it, I think it's probably something to do with supply and demand. It's just like so many few people need this that it's just so expensive just because the the cost of making it is just so high because they don't have to have that much production. Like they're only producing it for 10,000 people in the world. That's why it costs so much compared to producing it for hundreds of thousand people. But that's always something that, that made me laugh about computers where if you get like higher than a couple of thousand dollars, you're going to be spending a large, large, large amount of money. Um, Okay. Unreal five. Do you know anything about this? (laughs) That's I'll, an engine, right? I'll oh, summarize. Actually, I do know something. I talked to the artists about this. Oh. Do you so want to share? You know the op- yeah, yeah. Do you know the opening video that they showed? Yeah, like the, 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 the girl in the rock. canyon? Yeah, the first rock was 15 gigabytes of information. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Maybe that's why they need three or nine gigabit per second bandwidth. Yeah. Holy moly. They're just like, it's... And you're just like, oh, and so it's like, yeah, how do we have enough room for that? Are we gonna have terabyte sized games? So, anyway, you know what that's I think? I think I know about it. You know what I think everyone's hoping for? They're hoping that internet streaming gets streaming? good enough where they can just stream everything, yeah. like just stream it all to your computer. Yeah, but they the, don't want the cost that people are gonna, you're gonna be paying just, you're gonna have a monthly subscription that's going to rival that of Netflix and Hulu together uh, easily for like very sim- simple games uh, which yeah. i'm okay with i'm really if streaming is the next thing and i don't if i lived in korea i would never have a computer because i love pc bangs um so i'm i'm cool with a world in which i do that kind of stuff i'm okay with a world where i just have a streaming platform and i have monitors a keyboard and a mouse and no computer um or i should say like physical big fatty um i'm cool with that but not in america we will not be able to do that because yeah we haven't laid new wire for internet in the last three decades. Yeah. And and another problem is just, it's such a big country compared to like, if you look at Korea, like I'm not, this could be completely wrong, but I'm pretty sure that like Korea, the entire country of South Korea is smaller than like one of our smaller uh, states. And I'd have to like, I'd have to do some Google maps for that, but I'm definitely sure it's smaller than Texas. <laughs> like I could be um, sure about that. So, There's a lot of buttons to click, and why is everything? <laughs> Are you actually just going why. to Google Maps and like looking at how big it is with the? Okay, so Korea is basically. Do you know where Fresno is? Yes, Arizona, Fresno to LA, New Mexico. No, Fresno, California. God damn. Wait, Fresno, California. Uh, okay, sorry, I'm new in California. Yeah. I'm not it, smart. It, it's basically just the if you went to like Los Angeles, um, and the, and then just cut it off, and the rest is California. Just... That's how big 
Korea is. Yeah. So, so it's, it's like, like geographically, it's just like a, a minuscule country compared to America. And then like that has a big part to do with like why the internet's so good there. Just because you can have all your internet providers and stuff right next to you. Like, yeah. I'm sh- I don't know where the Korea servers are based. I'm sure they're based in either Korea or China, but they're an order of magnitude closer than they are than me to Chicago <laughs> or me to oh, wherever. Yeah. Korea has, I had eight ping. Yeah. Um, Every everyone there was a Dota god. Oh, I didn't say Dota. My friend just logged into Dota and was a was a was a Yasuo god, but their macro was awful. Oh god! And gold gold Yasuos were so good. It's like <laughs> I I just would love. I had in the early days of League. And when did you move um to California? Because you said you lived in Georgia for a while. Yeah, five years ago. Did you did you play League in Georgia? Yeah, hundred. So you ping. you dealt with the hundred and twenty ping that the East Coast yep. had to deal with. Oh God, it was so bad, and I didn't realize how bad it was um, until they moved the servers, and it was just like hundred and twenty to forty ping or fifty ping or whatever it was, was such a big leap that going from forty to seventy, it felt bad, but it was like I could never go back from forty to like hundred and twenty or forty to hundred. Oh yes, yeah. you just couldn't play the uh, game anymore. Zerath and Cassiopeia have a seven percent win rate increase depending on your ping. Yeah, from ten ping to a hundred ping is like a seven percent win rate. It's just, it's it's frustrating, and I I think that's, it's one of the things that I'd like to see out of league, um, in the future is figuring out some way to fix ping disparity in North we America. We have the best systems. <laughs> we have the best internet. We have our own fucking shit. Uh, we have our game. I don't, I don't know if you, when we made Irelia, we cheated, and so you can dash a lot faster than Irelia than you used to be able to because our game anticipates it <laughs> and leaves it open for you. And before you even click the button, we assume you're going to. Uh, there's a couple. There's a lot of things that we do to cheat to help that out. I don't think any other game in North America can even compete with the internet compared to how League is. Um, yeah. And no, saying that as a rider sounds super <laughs> like I'm 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 saying that for my my company but like play wow play final fantasy and try spamming your buttons they won't feel the same mm-hmm. um play dota it's just it's it's different tech um that shit's complicated uh i don't think there's a way to solve it <laughs> yeah like, i don't know it's 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 tough like you see valorant country, but... and you see valorant they have i don't know the specifics but i know they have like servers around the country right yeah. i'm pretty sure yeah they have like yeah. So they'll have like, but there's no, it's not like you don't have to log in and say like, I want to play on NA East or I don't want to play on NA West. Oh, yeah, we would, we would crush solo queue in North America. If 10 times more people played league in in LA, we could talk about having LA Mm -hmm. or wow. In US, we have USA East and USA North and West and all that kind of stuff. But we just, there's enough player base right now. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't, I just don't, um, I knew that it wouldn't work and I know that there's like, thousands of problems with it but it would just like in a world where you could like have the same system of valorant and league where there would just be like it just chooses the best server for you in that game yeah. but i know like going like the, then you'd run into the problem where it would be like um i'm playing on 10 ping for this game and then the next game i'm playing on 80 ping because the server changed from la to chicago or whatever and oh, i just sure. no, that'd be i think that'd be more frustrating but yeah it'd be the perfect world yeah, uh, I I miss oh the the two weeks I played league in Korea were like the best league days of my life. 
It was beautiful. And yeah. I can hit a button and the PC bang and they deliver ramen to me. <laughs> like to my <laughs> This is the <laughs> perfect society. Way. Why isn't all the world like this? Oh, it was so nice and Yeah. Ping was good. I didn't understand what the player said, so no one was toxic. Or they were no all one was toxic. flaming. I don't know. <laughs> everyone was, was everyone was flaming you, but you just couldn't understand them. Dude, Man. I went two weeks from bronze to to plat one, and I couldn't get into diamond. It was so frustrating because I was like, I only have X amount of time. Let me get in there. Back in the day, did you ever play League on Latin America North servers? Because they were closer no. to you. No. Like did five you? or five or ten years ago, uh, whatever it was, the LAN servers were hosted in Florida. Yeah, and I was in North Carolina. I was getting like 20 ping to LAN servers. So you know I was booting up my LAN 30. account <laughs> and playing with the, the Spanish-speaking men who were just hurling insults at me because I was terrible at League back in the day. <laughs> but you had but low I, ping. I didn't so. know them. Yeah, but I had low ping, and that's why I enjoyed it. I think I had like 40, 30 or 40 ping, which was so much better than the 120. Oh, yeah, boy. No, I'm with you. I'm with you. Um, I think we were talking about Unreal 5. Yeah. Unreal 5 is the new engine from Epic Games and their monetization strategy is actually really cool. It's, it's, if you want to use it to develop your indie game, um, it's free to use until your game breaks or breaks $1 million in sales. So you essentially have one of the best engines in the gaming world at your disposal for free or for whatever it costs to like I think Unreal uses a lot of um licensed assets. I'm not positive about that, but um you get to at least use the engine for free until your game is very successful because I think most games that people are making are not gonna break one million in sales. <laughs> so I think that was pretty cool. Um good on Epic yeah, really for, cool. for doing something with their billions of Fortnite money. Hey, Epic does really good things for monetization and stuff. Like again, free to play is is really a and they're sticking to it, it's nice. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't Epic know how is, they got is GTA Five on there oh, for free too. Ooh. What? Crazy. <laughs> okay. And that's gonna that's gonna be a a second age of GTA Five now. Like the GTA Online community, I'm sure was dwindling, or at least it's not as great as it was. But now that you have thousands, hundreds of thousands of new players, um, it's gonna be a second resurgence of the of the community and content's going to come back and co- when content comes how do back they make, how does GTA make money are there microtransactions microtransactions yeah you can buy in-game currency you can buy um okay. vehicles i think and stuff like that um cool. i don't know how bad it is i haven't played gta online in a long time um but yeah they do they sell money which is what are you gonna do that's how you make they, money they sell money well GTA was the most expensive game ever, wasn't it? Or at least like the most expensive AAA game single release thing. GTA Five. Um, I'm pretty sure that's accurate. Um, it was like I believe you. It was like a billion dollars or something. It was it was a lot of money. Um, hundred million maybe. Um, where that's why they had to sell it so aggressively. It was like almost Skyrim level of sales. Oh, oh, I see what you're saying. Um, yeah, dude, they had someone that made unique. They had like a team make unique license plates for like three years for their game. Mm-hmm. They they threw they they did everything. They yeah. were thorough. It was going to be beautiful and it's not bad. Yeah, GTA Five. I I feel like 
it doesn't receive the level of recognition that like a game like League or a game like Minecraft or something does has. But I feel like the the level of impact that it's had on gaming um, is like it's it's up there. A lot of people have played GTA, GTA Five. Yeah, a lot of people. Um, I, I played it for a week. It didn't run very well on my old computer. Yeah, and, I was in the same the yeah. same boat. I don't think the servers were very good when I was playing it either. So I had a lot of difficulty with like loading into stuff. Yeah, fine. But maybe I'll give it another shot now that it's free. Yeah, I actually, I already have it, but download. I'll give it another shot. <laughs> Um, this is something that, that I wish more people did. And I think it's going to be a lot more commonplace now that we're sort of receiving these weird incremental upgrades for consoles. Um, EA has announced, and I think they're among multiple people, um, that you can upgrade your games to play them on the newest generation of consoles. So if you have a game on Xbox one X or Xbox one or whatever it's called, you can upgrade them to Xbox two or whatever the heck it's called. Xbox Series X. Xbox is awful about naming their freaking consoles. Just do something better because you're terrible. Um, and I'm do sure that will. Better. Yeah, I'm sure that will be end up being like commonplace. Like I think, um, if EA is doing it, it's going to be pretty commonplace. I think most developers are going to be doing it now, or most publishers. Um, I don't know how that works or what it looks like, but it sounds nice. I like that you can keep playing your game that you paid for that's- yeah i think that's that's the major problem that consoles always had versus pc in many aspects um the next iteration of a console would just mean that you just you just lost all your games like that's just what it was like you couldn't really play xbox games on an xbox 360 you couldn't really play like nintendo sort of had their thing where you could like you can play virtual games on our virtual box and pay five dollars to go back and play mario again but um, most most companies were like they either made a re-release or that game's gone forever. Um, whereas PC, you can still play Dune Two or Command and Conquer Red Alert twenty five years later for free. That game was so good. I know. So good. Um, and that's like one of the major advantages that PC had. So I'm actually super excited to know that consoles are at least taking that step in the right direction. And I think it's another step that consoles are just merging into basically just PCs, but not quite yeah. there. <laughs> so, PCs with, instead of a mouse and keyboard, all in one. You're welcome. Yeah, basically. It's it's something, I feel like we could get into the console and PC debate forever, <laughs> but I feel like there's no reason anyone would ever want a console when PCs exist, but I know that's not true. So. Yeah, not in North America. Yeah. Definitely not in North America. Um, other things we had to talk about CD project, which is the developer behind the Witcher series and the upcoming highly anticipated cyberpunk 2055 or something similar, whatever it's called. Uh, they are now Europe's most valuable games company. They surpassed Ubisoft, Ubisoft, the Titan of the games industry. Um, and I don't know if that includes Ubisoft's North American divisions because I know they do have a large amount of developers in Canada and Montreal and yeah and uh, United States, but that's still a pretty big accomplishment. And I think that speaks to show how far CD Projekt has come. Um, because like I think ten years ago, before The Witcher Three, Witcher Two, One, and Two were good games and they're popular, but they weren't like the holy grail that Witcher Three was. And I think Witcher Three really reached that level of like this is skyrim but 
a little more hardcore that more most people are looking for. And now Cyberpunk is gearing up, hopefully, to be one of the biggest game launches of this decade. Are you excited for Cyberpunk? I personally am not like that hyped for it, but I never really got into The Witcher either. Um, I played it a lot, but I never was like, this is like the best game ever. Um, maybe I'm just yeah. not an RPG guy. I like, I'm literally I like, gonna uh, watch Summit play Cyberpunk, and that's my that's my connection to Cyberpunk. Will be yeah. played through someone else that's gonna whine about it the whole time. I haven't played. I haven't gotten really into a, a single player game other than the new Doom and Doom 2016 and Doom Eternal. I played a lot. Um, I really like those games, but other single player games they haven't really gotten to me for a long time. Um, and that's probably just the game. Did you play Red Dead? No, I was thinking about picking it up, um, but I heard that it wasn't very optimized uh, for PC. Oh, I I literally got a PlayStation to play it. Cause yeah, they do not I'm port I'm well really tempted to get a, a PlayStation just because I want to play I want to play God of War, I want to play Red Dead Two. I want to play yeah. um, Last of Us. And well, did like... you hear about PlayStation 5 was coming out? Yeah, I did. Yeah, PlayStation 5. Did you hear that it has yeah. a 9 gigabit read-write speed? Yeah, so like a 3.5 was... <laughs> yeah, it's triple, <laughs> I think. <laughs> or double, one of those. Yeah, one of those uh, two. Depends on what number you pick. Yeah, I mean, um, if you're picking three, then triple. Um, yeah, I don't know. You like the, the problem with quarantine right now is trying to buy a game console is a pain in the ass like you can't get a switch anywhere for any amount of money um that's reasonable do you want a switch i would take a do you have a switch that you're looking to sell i'll buy it off you no gamestop just got them in stores uh, really? last night yeah wow i don't think i've walked we, into a gamestop have... in like 10 well, years walk into a gamestop online i don't know oh. so so in one of our slack channels there's like switch watches and people <laughs> tell it when switches happen that's like that's like the craziest thing to me, Nintendo has made this product that's so in demand that you literally can't get it. Like, you have to, like, look for it and to get yeah. it, which is crazy. Is that, like, a failing Animal on Nintendo Crossing, for yeah. not building enough? Or is that, like, a uh, we're only going to build as many as people want because we don't want to be stuck with a thousand million Wiis that nobody's ever going to use? I think it's the latter. And also, I don't think they're that far off. Like, they have, if you really want one, you can get one. Mm-hmm. And if you kind of want one, you have to just kind of wait. And I think that's yeah. better for the model, especially since most of their money comes from games, right? Probably. I don't know how console world works. Yeah, I wanted to talk about this, but I just don't think I know enough about it. I think I'd have to get a guest on um, that works in like that field because I wanted to yeah. say that most consoles sell at a loss or at least a very small margin. Um, oh, 100%. And they get most of their money back on online services like Xbox Live, PSN, blah, 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 uh, game sales. But I just don't know enough about that to, to speculate. Um, so it's just like I could say a thousand things and they could all be wrong. And then I could be misinforming all eight people who watch this show. <laughs> <laughs> They're um, like, oh, yeah, Xbox makes all their money off of video games. Yeah. So. And then like somebody at Xbox is like, no, we don't. <laughs> We make $1,000 every time you buy an Xbox. <laughs> yeah, well, I bought mine used, so. Yeah, I haven't had an Xbox in a long time. My roommate has an Xbox. I could probably play on his if I wanted to. No PS4, My though. roommate, so when I moved in, uh, roommate, she's talking, she's like, I love video games. And I was like, oh, do? And she's like, yeah, I play Overwatch. And I was like, I don't play Overwatch, but I'll definitely play with you. And she's like, that sounds awesome. And I move in, and I'm like moving in my, my PlayStation, or not my PlayStation, my PC. And she's like, oh, yeah, where do you want to set up your console? And I was like, console? Oh, no. 
Well, that's why. That's why. Um, I actually played um, a couple games. I haven't played much because we're both so busy, but I've played a couple games of Modern Warfare um, Warzone with my roommate, and he plays on Xbox and I play on PC because they actually have cross-platform. Oh, that's really that cool. works. It works great. Um, but it's just like it, it's. I think that Fortnite has it, but I mean, who plays Fortnite, honestly? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm too old to play Fortnite. Yeah, me too. And I'm only 23. <laughs> um, oh, no. I don't know. I, I there's not a ton of games out there that do crossplay well, but I think Fortnite, Warzone. Uh, I know Rocket League has fairly good crossplay. Final um, Fantasy, great crossplay. I, I didn't know about that. <laughs> oh yeah, Final. So so I'm in a, I'm in a dungeon, and the tank's like, "Hey, this is my first time playing on PlayStation. Don't flame me." And I was just like, "How long did that take you to?" T- <laughs> yeah, to select like, each letter with the. <laughs> that's the first thing I thought was like, don't even type it, dude. You probably do got. Your job. Did you ever have one of those little keyboards that plugged into your controller? No, dude, I had one of those. Cool. Oh, um, all right, let's let's get the last couple topics and then we'll wrap up. We've oh, been yeah, talking for up. for almost two hours. Man, I thought this was gonna be a short one. <laughs> I'm like, Larry's not here. We're gonna breeze through this. <laughs> Oh, if Larry was here, it'd be a four hour. So we're... oh god, we had we had last week's episode or last episode. Um, we had four guests on, and we talked for almost two hours just about everything. It was, um, I'll summarize because we've already been talking for almost two hours now. <laughs> but we talked about shoutcasting and league um, amateur tournaments. Um, okay, like how people uh, we have we had somebody on who was a uh, finance associate uh, for ESL. Um, uh, esports something Europe, they're they're yeah, equivalent really. of like esports stuff. So that was a lot of fun, but we talked for so long just because so many people. Um, yeah, that was a good episode though. One of my favorites so far. All right, next topic and second to last, and then I don't have a lot to say about this. Probably you don't either. Right. Um, you ever played Terraria? That's the 2d minecraft right that is the 2d minecraft <laughs> i have not played it at all i've not played it much uh, either but big news so, they oh okay yeah. no no i was gonna say the only games i play that are like that is like civilization is yeah. my bread and butter i would not i would not equate those two but they're not the same <laughs> they're not even close <laughs> um okay, okay. <laughs> they they lost their final update in the past week or so um it's got a lot of people revisiting the game it actually was ending up one of the most streamed games on Twitch, which is a big accomplishment. Um, the developers are throwing a big party. They're like going into people's streams and donating them subs and stuff. It's a good time. Um, I think Terraria sold something north of 33 million copies or something. So it was a very popular game. Um, and it has a, it's almost eight years old now. So it lasted a long time, but they're, they're, they're finally putting the nail in the last update and moving on to new projects. So congrats to them. I hope uh, their yeah, next project is cool. is something nearly as influential as Terraria because I know a lot of people love that game. And and way to end it with a bang is like a, like a good TV show, not just letting it run out until <laughs> it's just over. Yeah, uh, that's super awesome. Yeah, I'm I'm really really happy for them. And I know uh, Mark actually joined um, the stream a, a minute ago, and he he was playing Terraria himself. So oh cool. A lot of people love the game, just not for me, <laughs> not my game. Um, and then last topic before we cut ourselves off, um, Halo Infinite. Were you a Halo gamer growing up? All right, all right let me tell you about the 
the one time I played Halo. Oh no. So there was a Halo tournament in my local community at a GameStop, and I wasn't allowed to play Halo because I sucked. And my friends just always played. And then one of them, his mom grounded him so he couldn't go to the tournament. So I was forced to then play for them. And I did so poorly, those friends never talked to me again. Oh, no. So, yes, continue about your Halo. Oh, no. Did I just trigger (laughs) trigger a terrible memory? (laughs) No, but it was, like, really fucked up because I thought we were friends. And then, like, I don't play. I didn't even have an Xbox. And they're going to flame me for not doing well. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Halo. Halo was, like. That was like many people's first um experiences in like actual competitive shooters. Um like yeah. a lot of a lot of the older folks will come in and be like, Oh, I played Quake, I played Doom original, blah blah blah. But like for the younger generation, Halo and, and that series was just like that's where people got into FPS. Um Yeah. Well my my friend is the head designer on the game. Oh really? Um, yeah. So well, he's super amazing, loves TFT and I can't wait to play his game and be awful at it <laughs> and that's what that's what um everyone's so excited about because um uh, halo 4 was a good game it was all right it wasn't received very well and then halo 5 was not received well at all i think that was uh one of the the least popular games in the series but now everyone's looking forward to infinite because they're looking forward to like this sort of return to form from from 343 so everyone's super excited for the game um it's putting a lot of hype they're going to reveal something in July um, at the Halo Ooh. event. So we'll be seeing probably, hopefully, more about the game from then. And um, I think one of the big things that everyone's excited for is that it's coming to PC as well. Um, it will be the first the first Halo game since Halo 2 to get a proper PC release. Um, nice. So everyone's excited about that. And then, of course, everyone's sort of been back on the Halo hype train since uh, Master Chief Collection came out on PC. So... It's fun to see a lot of people reliving old memories going back into games um, that really haven't been touched for, for quite a long time. Um, and Microsoft, yeah, Microsoft definitely knows what they're doing. How many Halos is too many Halos? How many Halos is too many Halos? I don't know if there is. So we're on the 18th COD or something like that. People still <laughs> play COD. People still buy every single time COD comes okay. out. I know people who make COD. And they're sick of COD. <laughs> no, Is there I'm a storyline to COD though? I don't know. There's no overarching story like between. I'm sure like for the series like Modern Warfare one through three. I'm, I think there's like. I never played COD that much to like really care about it. Um, okay. But I'm. Sh- I don't think there's like. I don't think you can go from like COD World at War to COD Black Ops three and be like, that's the guy from the game. I don't think it exists. Um, he's my favorite. Yeah, he's he's that's my favorite guy. But people still play COD, and that's like twenty years later, thirty games later. Um, so I don't think we're anywhere near like the max Halo. Um, it just needs to be. It needs to be different, and it needs to be something new um, for the Halo series. And I think I think we'll see that, at least from what little I've seen of Infinite so far. But I'm excited. Um, yeah. Did you have any thoughts about Halo other than the painful tournament memory? No, it was awful, and I tried to drive a warthog the whole time, and then I got yelled at for only driving a warthog. <laughs> it was, it was the warthog is hard to drive. It's very, it's very, it's like slidey. Well, it's not a car, it's an all-terrain vehicle. <laughs> oh my god, okay. And it's in space, so. <laughs> I guess, yep, see, 
see i just i can't connect to, to halo yeah I, I think it's it's like if you played it growing up it's a big part of your life but if you didn't you probably don't care about it at all you're just like eh, halo i think master chief looks really cool he does he's a cool dude he got a really he's good voice a green space suit yeah oh, great voice very finishing very this fight Halo's got great music too. That's another thing Halo does. The only well. song I know is the. Yeah, I mean that's iconic. You didn't even play Halo, and you you know that song. That's how. Yeah, that's how. Everyone knows that song. It's beautiful. There's um, if you want a really hype video game theme to listen to, listen to Halo Two, um, uh, shoot, what's it called? It's called Halo Two, like Majolnir theme or something like that. Um, it's just ridiculously hardcore. It's awesome. It reminds me of like Doom music. It's so cool. Um, okay. Okay. Great, great song. I'm gonna check out one Halo Two song and then flame you about all your. Other <laughs> I'll try. I'll try to find the exact one so you don't like end up finding some terrible cover or something. Okay. All right. Um, that is most of everything we wanted to talk about. Did you have anything that you wanted to plug before we wrap up? Obviously, go and follow. Um, don't don't please please don't follow me. Follow follow Twitter. He's very active on Twitter. Every day, tweet something new. <laughs> Um, they they made my Twitter account for me, and then it pings my phone, and I don't know how to read Twitter. About five six months ago, I figured out that you scroll upward, mm-hmm, not downward. Mm-hmm, obviously, are, so I don't even know how to respond to people. I don't want to deal with it. I'm old. Leave me alone. Like, oh, you know what I did? I never updated the title for the stream. Oh well, <laughs> we're outdated. Um, yeah, we're good. We're good. Hey. Ranger, it was such a pleasure having you on the show. This was a lot more fun than I thought a two-man show could ever be. This was awesome. Uh, we talked for just about two hours about all sorts of lovely stuff. Thank you so much for coming on again. It was excellent to have you on the show um, after your your glorious first episode launching our very successful uh, podcast. So thanks for coming back on, and thanks for joining us via webcam. Um, we really course, appreciate man. that. Uh- had a bust the webcam out for you. Uh, I'm I'm happy to do it again in two years. You can ask what other things I've worked on. Um, I have other aspirations of things to make. Um, all in the league client, uh, because that is the epitome of well-designed engines. <laughs> and uh, I would like to further spread uh, my spaghetti. <laughs> so. Well, the league client is actually up for an award for one of the best designed and most stable running programs of all time. You know, so, that's what I heard too. Uh, yeah. I'll see you at the show. Um, it's black tie, yeah. obviously. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, it's too oh, real. No. And it hurts. Oh too no. Bad. <laughs> oh no. Oh. We broke something. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm just all saying right. that caused six more bugs in the client. So yeah, something, you. something somewhere went wrong. Um, Hey, if I don't log into league and I see like eight messages from people I haven't talked to in five years, um, I know that something went right, so good job for fixing the client. <laughs> Appreciate it so much. <laughs> I got you, buddy. Hey, thanks again for coming on the show. Uh, if you want to follow Riot Ranger, don't follow his Twitter because Twitter's dumb. Um, just follow him around in real life and just find out where he <laughs> find out where he gets his his coffee and just say hi. Don't do that. Don't do that. That works for me. That's that's so much better. I yeah. I appreciate that more. All right. Thanks for coming out to the show, everyone. See you guys on next episode. And we appreciate you for coming out and listening to this two-hour-long episode. (laughs) Have a great day.